T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. Just like the CBS News report there at the top of the hour mentioned, maybe it's a good idea for you to go out and see if the Northern Lights are here. I decided to during the break, and I saw nothing. I saw nothing. And I'm going to go back to my previous statement. I start to wonder if this is all just an elaborate scam to play a joke on the Midwest. So joining us now is someone that I love to have on the show because he does a great job when it comes to monitoring the things that are going on in the county. I guess we're getting him on the line right now, but we'll be checking in with Tom Sullivan, who really, if I were to guess, his full-time job is to constantly scan what's going on in the county. No, that's not his full-time job. Okay. Maybe he just does it because it's more fun than anything else. You know what I like to is seen online that there's people still trying to search for the Northern Lights where they are. I would love for someone to send me a message if they actually see it. But joining us now, Tom Sullivan, thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm still looking for those northern lights. I'm starting to think they don't exist. But uh, in the county, I wanted to talk about some of the issues that are going on. And there's a few things that have happened between the last time we spoke. I first wanted to start off with starting to get more information about the money that was spent through the coronavirus funding, federally speaking. And as it turns out, some business interests of Sam Page benefited from that money. Can you explain what's going on there? Well, it just came out the other day in the St. Louis Business Journal that the practice that he works for, Sam Page, he works for, and he's actually a uh, partner in it. It's called Western Anesthesiology Associates Incorporated, and they basically do all the anesthesiology work for uh, Mercy Hospital, and they got $5.4 million of what's called PPP money, Paycheck Protection Program. They're called loans, but for all practical purposes, they are grants. And uh, they essentially are able to uh, keep that money. And then just today it came out and uh, that also his firm got $984,000 of CARES money. This is, this is a separate, separate amount is for health care providers who are impacted by COVID-19. So when you add them all together, his, uh, his practice has, uh, and it's one that he shares with uh, several others, uh, anesthesiologist, it picked up $6.4 million. And, you know, it's, it's certainly it's certainly legal, but it's just the idea that Sam Page is collecting 
$140,000 from his uh, pay at salary at St. Louis County. He's also working part-time at, at Mercy Hospital and collecting something on that, of course. And he may be, you know, a, being a partner in this practice, he may even be be uh, sharing sharing with the uh, profits, even though he's not working there full time. So when you when you add all this up, he's doing cr- quite well. And at the same time, we have all these uh, restaurants that are that are almost going broke. Some of them have gone broke, and their employees are having a hard time paying their bills. And he's just telling them, "Well, you'll just have to uh, suck it up and get by as, as best you can." So uh-huh, from that boy. standpoint, it certainly hasn't doesn't doesn't look like he's uh, very sympathetic to the to the so, people who are yeah. really hurt. Let's let's go through this real quick because I I think there's a huge amount of concern that could be brought up for this. So, let's just remind everyone when it came to this 170 some million dollar federal grant, let's go back into the decision that went very early on which gave him the power to dish out this money how he saw fit. And on you know, what a huge mistake the county council allowed for this to happen because they haven't been able to take and reel this power back in. So when it comes to giving out this grant money and who gets it, tell us again how the decision-making process goes. Well, the county got $173.5 million as part of the CARES money. And as you said, the council basically voted to let Sam Page uh, handle it any way he wants to. And he formed this committee, and it's uh, various different people. It's headed by uh, someone who lives in the, in the city, and he used to be a, a uh, executive at Centene. And Centene, of course, is, is a big buddy with Sam Page. They are, they're, um, I think they're the second highest contributor, like about $120,000. So this particular group, uh, they did not meet in public. Uh, they made apparently all these decisions were made in private at meetings that were not open to the public. And then uh, he kind of used some of the, you know, some of their decisions is, is how they spent the money. Then the county council chair comes along. She appoints a uh, oversight committee, and of course, she puts one of her friends on there, and that's supposed to be uh, providing some sort of oversight, but it's, it's it's doing virtually nothing. So Sam Page has set himself up so he can spend all this money with almost no accountability to anyone. They do have a they do put some of the uh, amounts on the website, but you don't really know why they decide to spend it with certain, in certain areas or with certain firms. A lot of it was spent uh, uh, on no-bid purchasing. So, I mean, he has not been accountable or open, uh, as he said he would be, with, the, with this, whole, uh, this whole program. And I'm just astounded that he, he's getting by with it as, as, as much as he has. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he had to request it or if it was given. So if that's the case, let's say they were going through and he obviously knew he had the ability to financially benefit from money that he had control of giving out. If that was disclosed to the committee or the people around it and had to be approved or if that was not disclosed, because all things considered, if you're someone that has the power to write the checks and you use that power to benefit yourself, that is a big no-no when it comes to government and corruption. And I also want to point out that the let's let's talk about the county charter to begin with. What does the county charter say when it comes to holding a job and also being the county executive? Well, you're supposed to spend your full full time as as a, you know fulfilling your duties as a county executive. And of course, he has more or less thumbed his nose at at, at that requirement. 
So he is um, putting in hours and also collecting, as far as we know, collecting money. I think he admitted that he is still collecting a paycheck, right? I mean, he hasn't said he's voluntary, uh, volunteering to do all this stuff. So if that's the case, um, so if that's the case, then we're talking about, I mean, this is very direct. And it should be a position he shouldn't even be in to begin with. So I, there's all kinds of red flags and things that really are concerning considering we just came off the whole Stanger thing in the inappropriate nature of how the government works. And now he's in a federal prison for his crimes. We got to cut this out. We got to cut this sort of stuff out. This doing things behind closed doors, closing off the council, not taking um, not taking public comment seriously. All that, there's so many of these problems that continue to go on in the county. It's so frustrating. Well, we need to be clear, though, that some of what the what the the money that Sam Page's uh, practice got that sort of came out separate from the from the county money. I think that the five point four million dollars that came that came from the uh, directly from the from the government as part of, as part of that particular program. But as far as being open as how this money is being spent, uh, he has been uh, very secretive. I remember. Early on, I had questions about some of the millions of dollars that they were spending for purchasing masks. So I mentioned that to one of the reporters, and they asked him at, at one of his briefings. Sam Pace says, oh, you know, I don't, I don't get involved in that. So, I mean, here you have a county executive, and they're spending millions of dollars in, in uh, no-bid contracts, you know, uh, and you have a total of $173.5 million dollars. And he's saying, oh, I don't, I don't get involved with that. Well, he needs to get involved with it when, when you're talking about that kind of money. Yeah. I also want to talk about an ethics complaint that was filed against Kelly Dunaway. And you were someone that I think was even on KMOX News, I think, reached out to you to try to explain this. I don't know if it was earlier this week or it might have been late last week, but I was hoping you can explain what happened there. Well, the situation is, is, is the county council has been meeting through WebEx. And, of course, as you know, that's a, that's a deal where you can – each of the council members can see and hear each other, even though they're not in the same spot. And, of course, at the same time, they live stream it to the public. Then when they're done, it's recorded and it's put on the, the county website. Well, Kelly Dunaway, this year she's been a candidate for uh, county council. Uh, she had a primary election in August and then a general election in, in November. Well, during a lot of that time, uh, when she was apparently she was at home, she would put her campaign sign right over her right shoulder so you could see it, you know, Kelly for counsel. Well, that's pretty much a no-no. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't use public, uh, you know, this whole system is paid for with public funds. And uh, she just kept on doing it. And back in July, there was a lady from South County, Celeste Witzel, who was involved in public, uh, public affairs and is also a, a committee woman. Uh, she said during public comments that, you know, Kelly Dunaway needs to stop this, and uh, she needs to be a little bit more professional about the way she acts because she's eating on the, she's eating during uh, council meetings and just going on with other stuff. And she said that this is probably this is questionable if this is legal. Kelly Dunaway just totally ignored it and she just kept on with the signs. And uh, finally, if, if it weren't for the fact that this was uh, the use of public publicly supported. Uh, operation, I probably wouldn't have filed a complaint, but the fact that she was so arrogant about it, I decided to go ahead and file the complaint, and I sent in 10 screenshots of where she has had the, uh, where she's been at council meetings with her sign uh, right over her right shoulder. In some cases, it's entirely visible, 
in some cases it's it's partially blocked because she's moving around a little bit. So I don't know. The, the ethics commission will probably take that up. I would imagine at the least she's probably going to be fined a thousand dollars. But you know, they, it, it's not that big. The ethics commission allows you like uh, thirty days to pay. If you have to pay in thirty days, they knock it down to a lesser amount. So we will see what the ethics commission has to say. Okay. Well, I don't know if you had a chance. Did you watch any more public comments this week to the county council? I did. There was only seven comments, and uh, five of the seven made it, and there was two of the comments that had uh, technical problems, and one happened to be mine. So I never got a chance <laughs> oh, to uh, – I didn't have a chance to have my, uh, have my say. It's the same. What was your comment thing. on? Oh, it was on various things about the budget. I also was going to mention Kelly Dunaway's, uh, the ethics complaint I made against Kelly Dunaway, and various other things that are, that are going on. So uh, I just have to wait till, uh, wait till next week. Man, this is just nonstop. I, I, I would think there would be a moment where there would be a lull, and we'd be able to not see so much going on at any given time, but it seems like it's nonstop and how things are going. So I'm glad that you pay close attention. I'm glad that you're on top of these things. And I'm glad that you take the time to join us at night to go over them, because I don't know if there's anyone that could do it any better than you, Tom Sullivan. Well, thanks, Ryan. It's nice for nice you have me. Anytime. That's Tom Sullivan, a local watchdog paying attention to county politics and someone that knows, uh, knows what's going on. And he joins us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. And who knows? We may even be talking to him next week if there are many things going on in the county, just like in the past week, in the week before, in the week before, in the week before. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And here we are in Overnight America. Yeah, I, I put that out there. I'm starting to believe this uh, whole Northern Lights thing is just a giant hoax to put a joke on the Midwest. I cannot wait to see it one day with my own eyes. I always hold out to hope when they put these articles. About once a year, they say, oh, it might be visible. Whatever happens, never, never do you ever see it. And I'm just waiting one day to be able to check it out. You know, maybe one day I'll take a vacation up to Alaska or something. I tell my wife, uh, because we don't take a lot of vacations for two parts, one you know, it's tough with the little kids, so I want to kind of wait until they're a little bit older. You know, we take, like, trips to go visit family, but that's not really, like, a vacation per se. The second thing is, you know I'm cheap. And <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but late-night talk radio is not the most lucrative thing. So we're pretty uh, stingy, I guess. So maybe one day we'll be able to head up to Alaska or whatever it is to see it in person, and then I'll be able to fully report if it's a hoax or not. Let me um, bring this up real quick, and I know some people are wondering when it comes to the coronavirus and what could be happening in your own place of employment. So maybe you work for a pretty large company and you're around other people and the people that you're around and the company don't want a spread of the virus. So now that there's a vaccine that's coming around, their idea is, hey, um, you have to be vaccinated before you come back to work and we're going to require you to come back to work. Can an employer fire you if you say no? to the coronavirus vaccine. And this has become a point of contention. I know KMOX.com did a story on this. CBS actually interviewed a expert. Megan Cerullo, Cerullo, I believe, said, uh, yeah, essentially, 
essentially a employer could require you to get the vaccine and your job could be in jeopardy if you decide not to get it. There are some exemptions, but not many. And I don't know if this concerns any of you. If you're someone that is against either the first round of vaccines, they don't like the idea of getting it immediately. They want to they want to see, OK, we'll let the uh, the guinea pigs get it first right now. Outside of the trials or whatever, you want to see what these first million doses do. Maybe you're on the sideline and just don't want it at all. You don't think you need it. You don't think it's necessary or whatever. You might be someone that uh, says that, too. So should you be punished by your employer for not getting one? That's a good question. Uh, the should or could, at least the case by CBS says you could. Is it legal for companies to require employees to get a vaccine? Hey, Omar, generally speaking, it is legal for uh, a company to require its employees to become vaccinated. For example, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission already uh, allows employers to require that uh, their employees get the flu vaccine um, with an asterisk. They must, however, make exceptions um, for, for certain employees under the Americans with Disabilities Act and um, under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Is there... Any specificity you can give us on who would be exempt? Sure. So an employee with a medical condition um, that makes it unsafe for them to receive the vaccine uh, can request a, an exemption under the American with Americans with Disabilities Act, um, and their employer would be required to provide a reasonable accommodation, for example, allowing them to work from home. Um, and that's a pretty easy um that would just require an employee getting a, a note from their doctor. Uh, employees with sincerely held religious beliefs um, for whom it's, it's against their religion to become vaccinated uh, can also request an exemption um, un, un, under uh, Title VII. That, the, the threshold is higher there because um, uh, they don't want people coming up with bogus religions um, when, when it's not a something they sincerely believe in. Okay, so that is the answer. Can they require you? And the answer is legally, yes, they can. How do you feel about that? You think it's the way it should be? Uh, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Uh, Governor Cuomo over in New York was talking about the skepticism when it comes to the vaccine. First, we're going to have to have a real public education campaign to ba battle the skepticism. Uh, just think of the math on this. You have to get to 75% to 85% of the overall population vaccinated for the vaccine to be effective, 75 to 85%. 50% of the population says right now they don't want to take the vaccine. Uh, they don't trust the approval process. Uh, they're worried about vaccines in general, but 50% are now saying they don't want to take the vaccine. You cannot get to 75% if 50% don't take it. That's, even I can do that math. Uh, so we're going to need a real public education to dispel the skepticism that already exists. Okay. So what you're going to see, I think, is this hey, uh, other countries may have approved this Pfizer vaccine quicker. Canada, I think, is right on the verge of getting this vaccine approved, and the United States should be right around the corner. And as they try to get this sort of thing out there and as fast as they possibly can, I think you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to line up and be ready for this. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Now, given there's a limited quantity, we have, what, 100 million doses, I believe, from Pfizer, 
meaning uh, at most 50 million will be able to get this vaccine. So you have to do it in two uh, batches, one batch, two batch. I don't know how long you have to wait in between if it's a month or whatever it is, but you got to go in, take the shot, get the second thing, get a shot. So it's and then also you have to take into consideration this vaccine. It needs a very specialized cooling freezer to keep it fresh and you can't just like have it laying around so what if some of these vaccines go bad what if some of these vaccines are just uh you know it was out too long so we can't give it so now that 100 million turns into you know 80 million or 90 million or or 95 million let's just say then you're also looking at even less people but there's other companies that have developed them you have Moderna, then other ones, too, that are hopefully close to getting approved. So there should be a lot more on the way either way. I think a lot of people are a little bit um, upset with the idea that they could be punished at their work for not getting this when they don't think they need it. Uh, 314-436-7900. I want to take some of your calls coming up. We'll do it right after the break, and we'll take a look at your weather coming up, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. News Radio 1120, KMOX. The voice of the Cardinals. I like that people are tweeting me to let me know the Northern Lights actually do exist and it's not just a giant scam to make fun of us in the Midwest. I feel they are pretty committed to this whole charade. 314-436-7900. Every year they put out, oh, you might be able to see the Northern Lights and not once in my life have I ever been able to go out and see it from my own eyes. So if anyone sees them tonight, I'd be thoroughly impressed join us next hour too we're gonna bring up some of the um hosts of a podcast that i love called the rat race they are a you know they they are kind of like this mock satire of a morning radio show they are so funny so i talk to them about as comedians and as actors what their relationships are to radio stations entertainment and then in character i ask them to give a critique of this radio show it's hilarious. So that'll be coming up next hour. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So what we're doing is looking at this one story that came out. People were wondering, can your employer legally require you to get the coronavirus vaccine before you return to work? And the answer is legally, yes, with some exception, but yes would be the answer. And I know that is concerning some people. I know some people are looking at it and not in liking this. Uh, let's take some of your calls on it. And Dan is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I got three quick things for you, Kevin. Number one, I'm over in deep Illinois and uh, in the pitch dark. I don't see any northern lights anywhere. So somebody okay. must be hallucinating or something. And then the I'm other thing waiting is, for him too. Yeah, and then on this thing with Sam Page that's going on, uh, well, you know, the county people that live in the St. Louis County, they should feel responsible because they're the ones who elected this man to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't get reelected and stuff and we got somebody else in there, we may not be. Yeah, that's true. It would be nice if he wasn't real. I, I totally agree. They should have went the other way. But what was the other thing? Oh, Dan, are you there? I think Dan dropped off. That's okay. But uh, thanks for the call. Why do people call me Kevin? They think I'm Kevin Wheeler. Do I sound like Kevin Wheeler? They they listen to Sports Open Line, which goes up until 8 o'clock, and then I take over. I've been here doing the radio show longer than Kevin has. Why do I get called Kevin? If anything, Kevin should be called Ryan. <laughs> All right, let's go to Barbara. Welcome to Overnight America. Um, It's uh, with the immunization, the COVID immunization. It's three right. weeks later that you have to get the second injection. 
But the thing oh, okay. about it is, is over in Oxford, England, they have even a better thing. It's one uh, in our our uh, pharmaceutical industry should get it. Uh, they spray it down the nose like asthma medicine, and it's more effective. It goes straight into the lungs, and it's only one dosage. And uh, it Wait, has so the shelf- spray... Uh, so when you say asthma, I think of the inhaler that some people have, and they breathe it in. So it's similar to that, but you do it through the nose? Yeah, you spray it in your nose. They spray it in the nose, and it goes down in the lungs, which is a, a lung uh, a disease of the lungs that's man-made. And it goes down in the lungs, and then you only need one dosage of it, and uh, you do, it has a shelf life of five weeks. Why do am I seeing the stock footage over in the UK of people getting shots? That's what I've never seen one go through the nose. Yeah, they're they, they've uh, they're developing it in Oxford, England. Okay, so this is a new one that maybe is not approved yet, but that's like the next step. That would be a lot easier than taking a shot, honestly. Yeah, and basically, then you could get a lot of people immunized because all they have to, and they have aspirators that they can, you know, uh, replace the thing that you have to squirt down the nose. They just put a new thing on it, and then they squirt the next person down the nose. Well, how about that? Everyone line up and get a squirt. Um, that would be a lot easier than wouldn't it? Because you don't have to worry about needles and, you know, poke in and blood or any of that. Just got to get it right through there. That's not bad. So do you think that it's uh, you think that it's a good or bad thing that employers, a lot of times larger ones, are going to require you to get the vaccine before you come back to work? Well, I think that they should have the vaccine before they come back to work because this is a, a man-made disease and uh it could kill the people that are working for the employer. Mm. It is, yeah. I think that's interesting because they want to make it as safe as possible and they don't want the liability, which then again, I don't think they're going to be liable. I think there's going to be protections built in if they've made every precaution possible and someone catches coronavirus or there's a side effect or whatever, which some people are wondering, could there be some unintended side effects of this? Um, Barbara, thank you very much for your call. Now, I don't know if you saw that too. People have been posting things online about potential of, you know, try not to get yourself impregnated or, you know, and within a couple of weeks of getting this thing. And, you know, there's some weird things that are in the fine print that people have been passing along. Uh, The level of concern, I just don't know exactly where it's at right now. But then again, this is what concerns me. And I've I've talked about this too. And let me just throw this out there. Whenever uh, the government says that you need to do this in order to get this benefit. So you might have an employer saying that you need in order to get a paycheck, you have to get the vaccine. This is one of my bigger issues when it comes to government run health care. So if they were to say that the only way you can get the benefit of it is if you do exactly what we tell you to do, then you're losing you're losing the opportunity to make your own health care decisions. So. Should the government or anyone else come in there and say, well, you know, not necessarily the coronavirus vaccine, Uh, you know, uh, we don't like the idea that you drive a motorcycle too risky. We don't want you on our insurance for it. So we're going to have to ban motorcycles or, you know, if if the government says, you know, we're going to do universal health care. But, man, we got a lot of heart disease issues. So we're going to make sure that if you eat too much McDonald's, then you're going to kick you off the plan. So how much control do they actually need to have or how much should they have? And then again, how much personal decisions should you be able to make? Do they know what's best for you? These are all, I think, deeper questions that we can discuss sometime. Let me go to Jim. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. Uh, Two things. One about the Northern Lights. 
you were to listen to the national news on the hour, they said you might be able to see it as far south as Nebraska or Iowa. So people look it up on a map. You're not going to see it here in Missouri. Come on. Yeah, there was that one um, graph they showed. It's such an outside shot. There's a ring where there is a slight opportunity here. But even so, I'm looking at people that are in Indiana and Michigan. They're trying to see these things. They haven't seen them either. That that could be correct, and I agree with that. Maybe, but uh, another thing is about the, uh, the the vaccine for the virus. Uh, if you worked in a restaurant, which I did, you had to get a hepatitis shot to work there, or else you couldn't be employed. So, what's the difference? Well, that's good. Well, if, I guess if you come into contact with other people, maybe that is one thing. But is there a difference? No, I think that's what CBS mentioned. Why it's legal for them to do this? So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, this is a right. lot more more serious than hepatitis, so you should get it, period. Okay. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, so they, they can do that. Um, there was another question that was brought up as part of that CBS report. Let me play this real quick. And, you know, is there a better way of handling this was asked by the reporter. And, you know, good for the reporter to bring up at least this one point. You know, is, is mandatory necessarily the best way to handle this? I'm not used to hearing journalists bring up these type of questions, so good for him. Is is requiring a vaccine going to end up being the best solution, or is it going to be better if employees maybe try to, employers kind of coax their workers or add incentives uh, for them to get it? So initially, uh, because the vaccine will first become available under emergency use authorization, so it won't have gone through all the usual rounds of approval, it's really unlikely that employers will actually require workers to become vaccinated. Um, What we're likely to see more of is um, sort of positive reinforcement and companies incentivizing employees to to get the vaccine and um, offering them bonuses or gift cards, for example, because no one wants to work for, I mean, it, it just won't um, engender goodwill toward a company if you're being mandated to do something. So uh, companies are really going to aim for uh, voluntary compliance before they have to be to, to make it mandatory. See, that's interesting. Before it gets to that point, well, it uh, here's what I normally have seen between the two administrations. You have the Trump administration and the Biden administration and the way that they want to handle this sort of thing. Biden's going to force it. Donald Trump did not force it. So his whole idea is, hey, states can decide for themselves with the way they want to handle the coronavirus. Biden says we're going to take every opportunity we can to make sure everyone complies with this. And there's the two different ways. So I guess the CBS reporter and the one that was talking right there says maybe they're going to try it the one way of, hey, we're going to open this up and see if it's a problem for us before they get into the business of forcing these things into people's arms. Let's go to Charlie. Welcome to Overnight America. Well, hello there, Ryan. Oh, you're all the way up in Minnesota. Can you see the northern sky where you are? Uh, no, it's cloudy. Oh, so you're out of the luck. You're out of the game. Yes, as That's well as any uh, meteors or, or any of those flying around. Now, you got to get out of town, away from the lights of the big city. <laughs> the big city, I know. But you live close to Minneapolis, don't you? Nope, I'm 60 miles west of it. Oh, you're pretty far out, actually. I thought you were closer. So you actually have yeah. a great opportunity to see these things then. Yep. Wait, you have you ever seen... 
Yeah, have you ag- ever actually seen the northern lights from your house? Uh, I've seen it when I lived in Alaska. Yeah. See, every time yeah. they put these stories out, oh, you might see them in the United States. I never believe those stories because I've uh-huh. lived in Wisconsin. I've lived in Indiana. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived in Michigan. I've been to northern Michigan. Um, and any time they say you have an opportunity, you might get to see them. I have never once seen that pay off. Well, I've seen it up in Alaska. It's common up there. Yeah, I, I would love to go up there and check it out someday. Yeah, you could, like in this type of type of season, in the winter, it really blazes yeah. across the the horizon. Then, oh, that would be nice. All right, well, Charlie, oh, it's yeah. too bad you got a cloudy night. I'd love to have gotten a report from you to tell me if there was an opportunity to see it tonight. Right. Well, keep... next time it uh, gets cleared out there. And by the way, we have no snow. Oh, how about that? Good for you. None to report, period. And this they said good. chances of snow this Christmas is slim to none. Oh, and okay. I went, good, good. Yeah, you're not going to go out and hurt yourself. I'm always worried that right. one day you're going to call in and say you were stuck outside on the ground, frozen uh, for several hours uh, before they caught you, and then you're calling from a hospital bed. Uh-uh. Wow. Good. Well, this year, slim chance of snow. But that don't mean we won't get it, but just for the holiday for this month. But Very good, Charlie. Thanks for calling in. It's, it's always good hearing from you. So getting reports from the northern states, too cloudy to see. When the news is on at 10 o'clock, I will definitely be stepping outside to see if I can see anything here. Don't have my expectations up that high. 314-436-7900 is a way you can reach into the show. I don't know if you saw this, but the CDC gave new virus guidelines. Both the city and the county said, no, I don't think we're going to adopt those. And there's also another study that's out there. I guess people are washing their hands too much now because of COVID, and it's actually having some unintended consequences. Both of those coming up next. It's Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. I'm looking forward to uh, stepping outside for a moment because the temperatures aren't that bad. I, I feel like I don't have to put a jacket on to go outside for a moment to check and see the non-Northern Lights. Why do we even uh, put myself up to it? I, it's almost like, I leave just that little window of opportunity that it may or may not work. But then again, I'm sure if we were actually seeing it here in the St. Louis region or even here in Missouri, even maybe you're listening from the northern part of Missouri, that there would be a chance that you would call in because you're like, oh, I got to talk to someone about it. But no calls to me indicate that it is just not there. Either that or you're tired of being duped and you just uh, know that this isn't going to be working out. So I wanted to go over two things here. Apparently, the CDC has new guidelines When it comes to fighting the coronavirus, city and county here in St. Louis said, uh, no, thanks. They are not using the new quarantine guidelines released by the CDC. They're going to keep a 14 day quarantine for people who come into contact with the person who has COVID-19. So the CDC issued these guidelines. Here they are. It's a 10 day quarantine period, quarantine period that says no testing required. And only if there are no symptoms during daily monitoring. So monitor symptoms until 14 days. Okay, number two, seven-day quarantine period. If a PCR or a test is negative and there is no symptoms during daily monitoring, the test may be performed on days five, six, or seven of quarantine, but not before. If the test is negative, quarantine.
Uh, if you have symptoms, then you have to wait 14 days. And both the seven and 10 day methods released from quarantine individuals should continue to monitor themselves closely for any symptoms. If COVID symptoms begin after release of quarantine, individuals should immediately isolate again. So this is uh, putting this back into the responsibility of the individual to quarantine and do their thing. Um, now, the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County both said, no, we're not going to say that no symptoms after 10 days and testing negative is enough. You must do the full 14-day quarantine test. Now, back when the virus first hit, these agencies were super aggressive in the way that they were tracking these things, as in threatening you with jail time if you uh, broke this sort of thing and ankle monitoring and all of this stuff. So we've come a long way a long way with the way we're tracking this. And I think a lot of it has to do with getting better methods of treatment. I wanted to also let you know that if you've been washing your hands regularly, this is a good thing. If you've been using hand sanitizer, that's also a good thing. But as it turns out, and I saw this uh, put out from a survey, 2000 Americans took the survey. It revealed more than half say that their fingers are feeling drier than ever. 51% say that I was like that at first. I, you know, I don't know if my hands adapted, but here's the problem. Now that it's starting to get cold again and we get into those months that are a little drier like this, my hands are instantly going to have a hard time. I'm going to have to start using lotion and hand sanitizer. Is there such a thing as a hand sanitizer lotion combination or does that not exist? Maybe hand sanitizer is meant to dissolve and evaporate on your hands and kill the germs with it. I don't know if that if there is put me in front of a shark tank. And I'll be able to pitch this thing and all the sharks are going to want to invest in my company because, hey, I think most people would uh, appreciate that. It also says nearly three in 10 report their hands are flaky from increased hand washing. One in five say their hands even bleed from all the cleaning. Mine can get that way, too. And I think that I'm not the only one washing hands is the key to ending the pandemic. Nearly six out of 10 people, 57% said they use hand sanitizer after touching common surfaces like door handles, turnstiles, car doors, shopping carts. Um, I find that I don't travel with hand sanitizer in my pockets, but when I get back into the car, it's the first thing I do. I'll just do a quick little hand sanitizer deal if I'm touching things that other people have touched. Uh, some people go way out of their way. Like, I, you know, when when I go to the grocery store, they have different wipes for people to use. So if you want to wipe the cart down, you can do that. That's become more common. I see some people wiping it down when they put it back. Sometimes stores have people that are actively wiping it down. So they're going all over and above. But there's no way really to know if it was effective what they were doing or if they got all the points where people touched. So I still use the hand sanitizer. If I'm somewhere and they have like a hand sanitizer pump sitting out, like if I go into the radio station or I go into church or something like that, give a quick little pump of the hand sanitizer. If I go into an office, if I go anywhere, these are all things that I think most people have been doing right now. And it's become a little bit easier to get your hands on hand sanitizer, right? Before it was this thing that you had to be Indiana Jones. You had to go through the Temple of Doom. You had to find something that was similar and wait. And then you had to replace it and hope a giant ball doesn't chase you down before you uh, get out of the store. It was kind of like that for a while. Yeah, I was trying to get out of the Temple of Doom and survive that, that and toilet paper, those two things. They also say that six in 10 admit to panicking when they leave home without hand sanitizer. I can't say I panic. Maybe part of the problem we have is that we are just so trained right now that the fear factor of it all. Uh, remember at the very beginning when we said 
Could the coronavirus come into your house from boxes from Amazon? People were like leaving their boxes out in the garage for a couple of days to like get the virus off of it. Or could you imagine if it's on your mail or your grocery bag? And then we started to realize eh, it doesn't really live on surfaces like cardboard, like they thought at first. They're overly uh, cautious and whatnot. So I, this is the thing. We have been driven by so much fear with this thing. So much fear. They use that as a way to influence you. And that's not the best way to handle this sort of thing. And keep in mind, whenever you hear this, we got to follow the science. Well, does the the science say that you have to fear monger to get this stuff into uh, uh, people's minds constantly 24-7? Is that part of the science too? That's kind of the technique that's been used. And that's why I think a lot of people are just turned off by it because you hear one thing. People get crazy and, and afraid. And the next thing you know that, uh, oh, yeah, actually, it's uh, we got more research and this isn't as good as we thought. But the fear is still there because it's already been implanted in their mind. and They go on to the next thing. It says hand sanitizer with moisturizing agents could help. Um, I feel like I need to go get some hand sanitizer right now. I don't keep it at my desk. That just doesn't uh, hear it like at work or you know, I don't keep it at my desk like from home. But I do wash my hands. I do keep uh, soap everywhere. We have luckily a good supply of it. And I know my hands are going to be chapped and bleeding here soon, just in case you care. So next hour, a few things I want to get to. What's the latest on the stimulus talks? And we have a great group of comedians that are going to join us. Ben Roy, Beth Hoyt, and Chris Mars. They host The Rat Race. It's a podcast that is a satire of morning radio shows. It's hilarious. It's awesome. I think you're really going to enjoy it. They're going to come into the show next hour on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 